welcome, welcome, welcome into the podcast. Tuesday, October the 20th. How's it going, Bob? Blog Podcast. Hope you guys are doing well today. Today, we got a pretty full episode on tap today. I'm going to try to keep it under 30 minutes. I will do my best. We'll be talking NLCS recap real quick. ALCS recap. We'll be talking some news and notes. And, of course, a yearly review of the New York Yankees. Let's jump right into it without any further ado. What a crazy, crazy, crazy weekend of baseball we had. My goodness, did we see some great, great Game 7 action from both the AL and the NL. I I personally love seeing both of these teams just punch, counterpunch, punch, counterpunch in both the National League and the American League. But we're going to start with the National League. So to recap, we saw great baseball. I'm going to skip straight to Game 7. But I have the full review of both 6 and 7 up on the blog under the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, yellow review. So, game seven, we saw Dustin May, Ian Anderson both get the nod for their clubs. The Braves got out to an early lead off an Ozuna homer up Ozuna hit in the first. Swanson home run in the second. Then the Dodgers are able to respond with a two-run single off the bat of Will Smith in the third. Both teams were tied and into the bullpen by the fourth. During the fourth, the Braves took a 3-2 lead with an Austin Riley single. That put them up by one. Then we saw some of the classic unsung hero heroics happen in the sixth when Kike Hernandez came up. Pitch hit, game tying, solo shot. Game tied at three. In the seventh, the 2019 MVP Cody Bellinger was up and he delivered a go ahead solo shot with an epic backflip that actually popped his shoulder out of place during the celebration. And that was what the Dodgers needed to put the nail in the coffin. Julio Urias came in, pitched three fantastic innings, Dominated the Braves. He didn't even have a strikeout. He was just that good. He didn't need to strike any of them out. The defense picked him up. He got place. Made them put bat on ball. Put the ball in play. And the defense did the rest. Dodgers won this one. Fourth out of the last five years. The Dodgers are in the World Series. And the National League champions. Jumping over to the AL Game 7. Man, I did not expect them to come into a Game 7. I thought the Astros had this one on lock in Game 4, Game 5, Game 6, but the Astros stayed in it. They stayed competitive, which is what we've seen time and time again from this team. But the world, the baseball community, except for Astro fans, were all rooting for the Rays to win and pull this one out. Could they do it on the back of Charlie Morton? I have a new nickname for Charlie Morton. It's Win Charlie Win. He made history as the only pitcher in MLB history with three Game 7 wins. A American League Championship rookie, MVP, Randy Arozarena. 
stellar as well, kicking off the game in the with a home run in the first, a two-run home run that it was. Then Mike Zanino, my man, one of my favorite players just of all time, just personally, just favorite player, hitting a bomb in the second to put him up 3-0. Charlie Morton dealing. Mike Zanino back at it again with a sack fly to, with, to score G-Man Choi for a 4-0 lead. The Astros came really close in this one in the eighth. Um, off with in the eighth, but the Rays pitcher Peter Fairbanks denied the rally. The Rays advanced to the World Series, and we saw again just how good this team is, how good the pitching is, offense getting contributions again from Arzarena, Zanino, guys getting on base like G Man Choi. It's up and down. This team is. I mean, you see it why they're they were forty and twenty and now are in the World Series. This is the first time since the early two thousand since both the American League and the National League best team by record square off in the World Series October Classic. This great baseball ahead. I want to talk about both these teams, the Rays, the Dodgers, kind of what we're looking at in the World Series. So it's already been announced that the Rays are planning on going Glass now, Snell. Not sure who's going to pitch in Game 3, but I would assume Game 4 is going to be either would be Glass now again, just depending on kind of how things work out. Um, the Dodgers, however, already announced that they're going to go Kershaw in Game 1. Don't know who they're going to go for game two, but then Bueller in game three. I was expecting a Kershaw Glass now and then a Bueller Snell matchup. But, you know, the Rays, the, not the Rays, the Dodgers are going to keep us on our feet. Our toes. We're already going to be on our feet watching this with anticipation, edge of our seat, pitch for pitch. But, I mean, we have. The caliber of players in this matchup, Cy Young win, winners, Kershaw, Snell, great young upcoming talent for their teams in Bueller and Glass now that have arrived, established themselves as legit Cy Young candidates for years to come. We have lineups that feature just stud players, MVPs, Stars up and down, impact rookies who are making their names. This 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 World Series has it all. I I don't know how to predict this one on paper, except that it's going to go to a game seven. It has to. If the Rays are able to come out of the first two games one and one, I think it goes to a game seven. But if the Dodgers go up 2-0, I think they might be able to take it in six. But who knows? The Rays are really good at having their their lineup make contributions up and down, and that bullpen is so good that even against a good Yankees team, a good Astros team, they were able to get the job done. Took a few extra games, but they were able to get the job done. On paper, this matchup is hard. The Dodgers, yes, have the better lineup, but the Rays have the better pitching. So it's really just who's going to win out, who's going to get to the early lead in these games, and whose bullpen is going to lock it down for them. 
And really, it comes down to either of these teams. It's, it's going to go deep. It's going to be fun to watch. Who, who teams make less errors? Whose team can take advantage of the other team's errors? Take advantage of their, the other team's pitching mistakes? It's going to be punch, counterpunch, back and forth. Every game is going to be a one-run game, two-run game. We might see a game where one of these teams explodes and puts up a ton of runs, but really, I don't see that happening. I'm going to call it Rays in seven. We have a ton of news and notes to cover just from around this last week. I posted a couple on the blog for news and notes. I posted one on the 13th. I posted another one on the 15th. Just to recap the 13th, the most, a couple of the more significant things for me were, of course, the White Sox and Rick Renteria parting ways. We're already seeing names like Alex Cora, AJ Hinch be floated around. They need someone really, really strong to lead this team. This team was able to come in second in a tough AL Central, and they look just to be getting better as these pieces develop and get more time, which really, really excites me for the White Sox, because if he gives them more time to mesh in a 162-game season, picking each other up, the energy of that team, the development, they get better and better and better as the season goes on, as we saw. They won more and more once they clicked. I I love it. They need a manager that can just keep them high energy, keep their spirits high, get them going again when they're when they're struggling, and just help them just get to that next level, which is deep into the American League playoff race. Another rumor that we've seen is Trevor Bauer is being linked to basically every team, but Red Sox, Padres couple of ones that are coming out ahead of others early on. Both are really good logical fits. And, of course, the news about Billy Bean. So kind of up in the air. Talked about this last week on the podcast. So kind of up in the air as to where we're at with that. Um, the Pirates got the number one pick with the Tigers, Red Sox, Orioles. Routing off the top five. I was really excited because the Mariners have the 12th pick in the draft, which means they weren't a top or bottom 10 team. They were somewhat average, and they were the only team still in the race for a wild card in the expanded playoffs until the last day of the season in the American League. So that was pretty cool to see. Some other ones from throughout the week. I mean, there's been a lot of news just kind of out there. Of course, I'm catching up. being on a minute, but White Sox, they're opening... AJ Hinch is still a very strong contender. Tony Larusa, Bruce Bach, Bochi were all names that are being floated. I think all of them would be good fit. I really like the Bruce Bochi. I really like the Tony Larusa. I don't love the AJ Hinch, but as a baseball move, I really like it. The Tigers have interviewed quite a few people. Um, I would expect their decision to come in the next couple weeks. Chris Bryant, I guess, had a contract that he denied back in 2018. That was well north of $200 million. This is really a he said, she said situation. 
with neither side really confirming nor denying what happened. And so I think it may be just be a leverage play. Um, but in fact, I actually do see the Cubs retaining most of their core pieces and being able to make a run at it. I don't think they'll be afraid of the luxury tax. The NL Central, we saw it be competitive, but it was too close for comfort. None of these teams are really able to set themselves apart. And I think if the Cubs can keep their core together offensively and defensively, I really think they have another another couple of years where they can compete. Uh, just more on contracts, San Diego Fet- San Diego and Fernando Tatis Jr. are both interested in a long-term deal. No negotiations have started yet. And then good news for the Padres is pitchers Daniel Lamott and Mike Clemenger will not need surgery for their injuries. Both should be good to go by spring training. Twins and DH Nelson Cruz have mutual interest. A's and shortstop Marcus Semien hope to make a deal, but I can honestly see a, another high-quality shortstop, Didi Gregorius, going in and filling that role for the A's because he'll cost much less. And the Seattle Mariners are expected to add three to four relievers in free agency. And the Cardinals and Colton Wong are expected to discuss a new contract while they're also waiting on the status of Yadier Molino and Adam Wainwright to make the decision. I either see both of them coming back or neither of them coming back. I don't see one coming back without the other. They're both in their late 30s, almost 40. Both have had amazing careers. Both had great seasons, especially Adam Wainwright. My goodness, vintage, classic, throwback kind of season. I loved it. We're seeing a lot of surgeries happening now that the season's over for a lot of these players. Um, Rockies outfielder David Dahl and pitcher Scott Oberg, Angels catcher Mark Max Stassi, twin shortstop Jorge Polanco, Phillies first baseman Reese Hoskins, who had Tommy John surgery, and first baseman of the Giants Brandon Belt. And the Yankees are just an injury-prone team that spends a lot of money. It's kind of funny. But... Um, I'm a big fan of the Yankees from a baseball perspective. I think they have a really good team. Luis Severino experiences setback. That's not going to put him ready until June or July of 2021 in his recovery of Tommy John surgery. This really hurts the team as a 2021 Yankees rotation is looking to be some combination of Garrett Cole, Jordan Montgomery, Delvi Garcia, Clark Schmidt, Fill out their rotation. They are expected to lose Masahiro Tanaka, James Paxton, and J.A. Happ to free agency this winter. Hopefully, they're able to bring back one of those guys. Tanaka was really good the last year. And they're also looking to move at catcher with J.T. Real Mito on the market. However, the Yankees are also looking at cutting payroll and coming in under the luxury tax. This offseason for Yankees is going to be very interesting, and I'm very interested to see what happens. Um, the Rangers are expected to reduce their payroll in 2021 as well. This is very impactful because of the possibility of Lance Lynn being moved. He's already being floated as a trade candidate, trade bait. And then Joey Gallo as well is another one that I think the Rangers will be willing to part with if the price is right. And I think it will be so they don't have to extend him and then keep that payroll low. The Red Sox and Rick Renteria also parted ways. And Boston has not started interviewing yet for his replacement. Man, there's a lot of news. I am trying to get to it all. I want to make sure you guys are well informed. 
um, some news that came out today that I posted on the blog, the 20th. Uh, that was a full recap of last week. Let's get into this week's a little bit. Let's see here. Got to find these notes exactly. So, like I said at the beginning when I was talking about the World Series, Cody Bellinger, when he hit the go-ahead home run in Game 7, he popped his shoulder out of place. He's fine. If anything, he might get like a steroid shot or something just to deal with it. But I don't see why he can't hit a few more dingers in the World Series. He's going to play through it. He'll be just fine. Another thing that was kind of exciting just from the global game for the MLB and global recognition of the sport which has kind of been long over the due. The MLB and the Star Sports and Star Sports India have agreed to air every game of twenty of the 2020 and 2021 World Series live across all of India. The multi-year deal also will also include 2021 regular season games. I love this. The MLB is way overdue in expanding the game and internationally. They already do great in South America with baseball, but going more global is really going to help help baseball as a whole get more recognition and respect from around the around the world. And it'll get more respect when Ma- Rob Manfred is uh, out of office. But another topic. Um, Kyle Lewis, outfielder of the Seattle Mariners, was given Rookie of the Year honors, while fellow outfield prospect Julio Rodriguez, a.k.a. J-Rod, is the cover man of this year's prospect handbook. This is huge. Huge names have been on this this cover so julio rodriguez might be the next big thing and hopefully the mariners are smart and keep him around in other mariners news longtime fan favorite hisashi iwakuma did decide to hang it up at 39 officially file his paperwork and you know hats off to him great career love seeing him in in seattle he was just awesome i loved him loved every every pitch he threw especially when he had that third-place Cy Young and when he threw a no-hitter in Seattle. Those were great moments. Um, Malik Smith was outrated to AAA for the Mariners, and he elected free agency. No surprise there. The Mariners, I think, wanted to move on from Malik as they have a ridiculous amount of outfield talent coming up, and this makes more room for Jerry Klenick to be able to make the roster and have a chance next year. And then former LA Angels employee Eric Kay was indicted on charges related to Tyler Skaggs' death. Uh, he, he did admit to providing the drugs that Skaggs OD'd on. This is pretty significant as we always like to see closure in any of these kind of cases for the family and for the team and those who cared about Tyler Skaggs. Um, so I'll keep you guys updated as more details and Uh, come out but you can find everything on google about the case and about what what happened and more about what eric k has said uh the texas rangers baltimore orioles philadelphia phillies are all looking for pitching coaches um as replacements as theirs have either been fired or stepped down from their role the Phillies is the most significant because of the rotation Wheeler, Arietta, Nolan, Eflin, Velasquez. So a great coach, a top-of-the-line coach, will really help get this team to the next level. Yankees bullpen coach Mike Harkey is a leading external option among multiple internal options for the, for the Phillies. And among a plethora of GM moves, the Phillies are looking to possibly stick with Ned Rice in 2021 or 
go on to a different different direction with their GM. Um, they they have Joe Girardi in the front office, so so teams, so the Phillies and Marlins, who both have op, operations roles open for a GM or president of baseball operations, are looking looking this way um, in the Yankees' direction in their front office. So this will be an interesting development as it could really impact what the Phillies do and how they go after JT Realmuto. And the Reds did name Nick Crawl the head of baseball operations. And the Tigers have interviewed multiple candidates for their head for their manager opening, including Royals bench coach Pedro Griffel, um, Marcus Thames, Joe Lumber, Pirates bench coach Don Kelly. Griffel was a finalist for the Giants job last season. So this his name is one that I'm really interested in seeing. Because this would be a really interesting step for the Tigers to take. It's really going to define how their team develops over the next three to five years. They need to get the right manager in place. We've seen this too many times where a team thinks they got the right person, but it's actually the wrong person. Also known as the Seattle Mariners many years. A lot of those constant manager changes. And hopefully they find their guy. Hopefully they find the right guy. They're interviewing a lot of guys. A lot of got a lot of quality coaches for this position, so they're really taking their time to make a good decision. Plus, one of these guys may end up in Boston as well. One of them may end up in Chicago with the White Sox. Who knows? These guys are interviewing, and I believe one of these coaches was with the Dodgers as well. The Royals will be looking for players who can improve their team on base percentage as well as supplement the bullpen this winter. The Royals did win over 20 games. It kind of came as a shock to me, but with Asa Lacey and other high-end prospects knocking on the door, a couple more pieces will really help this team compete in an already very competitive AL Central. Um, the Miami Marlins have already started exercising their club options. Outfielder Starling Marte was the first one. Great for the Marlins, great for Marte. Very impactful player. Um, the Padres are still deciding on whether or not to exercise the option of Mitch Moreland. We are seeing rumors Eric Hosmer possibly being traded to dump the salary, maybe get something in return. Uh, and keep Moreland, so it'll be a little bit more affordable. Now, former Washington National outfielder Michael A. Taylor, he cleared waivers. He will be a free agent this winter. In other Nationals news, they hired Jim Hickey as a pitching coach. Again, having a good pitching coach for this, this team will be important, as Churcher, Strasburg will head the rotation in 2021. We are seeing a ton of rumors around JT Romuto as he's expected to get somewhere between a four-year $96 million deal and a six-year $128 million deal. There are several other options on the open market this winter for catchers. Uh, Gary Sanchez, possibly, Wilson Ramos, Jorge Alfaro, Mike Zanino, who I will expect the Rays to re-sign, and James McKinn. Uh, the Braves will look to keep some combination of Ozuna and Travis Darno this offseason. There's another contract rumor. I want to see why they wouldn't try to go in on Azuna and Travis Darno as both were huge contributors 
throughout the season and postseason for this team. And then, like I said earlier, the Yankees are looking to lower their payroll, come in under the luxury tax. So we'll see how this goes. They are in play, of course, to um, get Trevor Bauer, maybe a JT Romuto. But who knows? They could go to a few tiers down to get quality and not overspend for those players. So we could possibly see a big change of philosophy come from the New York Yankees. That is it for the news. Let's get into the Yankees review. All right, with only a few minutes left, let's get the Yankees in as quickly as possible. If you want to spend enough time with them. So let's get into the Yankees dugout. What moves did the Yankees make in 2020? Um, they didn't make any moves during the during the season. They made a lot, of course, of roster moves like every team did to battle injuries, lackluster performances, but the most significant movement of the year in 2020 was the signing of Garrett Cole during the offseason to the richest contract for a starting pitcher. That looked good. Um, playoffs were a different story for him. He wasn't as dominant, but he still fared pretty well for the Yankees lineup at that. For the Yankees team that did struggle with injuries throughout the year to Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, DJ LeMahieu. But other than that, the Yankees didn't do anything significant in 2020 with their roster, which is kind of surprising as they could have gotten multiple players to help them. Um, but we did love the history that DJ LeMahieu made, being the first player to win batting title honors in both American League and National League. We love the breakout from Luke Voigt. Man, that was fantastic. I, I've i been following him since he was in the minors, and I knew he was going to be a very useful player, but I had no idea he would become the Yankees' catalyst. With energy, his tweets were great. The energy that he provided in interviews to this team in the dugout, you could see it. Luke Voigt was playing on another level this year and really helping push this team. And the talent that the Yankees have grown in-house to help cut their payroll back so they can afford other pieces. And Clint Fraser, Luke Voigt, Gary Sanchez, Gio Ursula, Gliber Torres, Aaron Hicks, Mike Talkman. They're all becoming key contributors, as we, as we saw in 2020. And that gives them a great 1-9 through nine lineup with Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, those guys. This team will just be really good in 2021 and as we saw they got to the ALCS lost to the Rays put up a good fight but man were were they good and of course they will make an effort to re-sign DJ LeMahieu we didn't love the injuries that happened to DJ LeMahieu Aaron Judd Giancarlo Stanton but they ended up winning more than the 33 games that I projected for them course we didn't love the exit from the American League Divisional Series oh never mind they they only won 33 games I thought for a second I typed mistyped it but the injuries really held them back from winning more than those 33 games uh, we didn't love the early exit in the divisional series and a loss to the race sorry I said championship they lost to the race who were just best of them with pitching. That, that's what happened. Um, but a big step 
for this team with their young talent. It's coming around, and this offense will be potent again in 2021. So we saw a lot more good out of bad uh, than bad out of the Bronx in 2020. We learned how good Luke Void is, mashing homers left and right, being an emotional leader, really coming on as a leader for this Yankees team that really lacked it throughout the year with Judge and Stanton and those guys being hurt. They needed someone to step up, and it was Voight. And Voight really filled that gap and should continue to fill that void, that Voight <laughs> 2021. Hopefully, they may need to get Judge and Stanton some kind of rotation. They have the pieces in Fraser, Topman. Hicks to be able to rotate these guys in and out of the DH spot into the field to keep them healthy. That's going to be huge for them um, if they want to keep competing in 2021 and not wasting huge money on Stanton, who is expected to pick up his option in 2020 for 2021 going forward. And they want to keep these guys off the aisle and they want to play a full season. So we'll see how that happens. And, I mean, LeMahieu is just fantastic. I mean, he still took home the batting honors, batting title. One of the first players to do in the AL and NL while missing games still this season. That's incredible. Um, so what what do the Yankees need in 2021? Oh, they're, they're going to need some of their rotation back. And they're going to need someone to fill in that rotation behind Cole. Hopefully Tanaka will be able to be re-signed, maybe landing a piece like Francisco Lindor or Trevor Bauer or maybe someone lower on the list a couple tiers down. We saw really good baseball out of this division in 2020. The Orioles turns heads here and there. The Rays obviously are in the World Series now. The Blue Jays made the world made the playoffs which was impressive, and they're on the right track to keep competing. I'm really excited to talk about them more as we go into the winter. So really free agency and trading will really help this team and hopefully getting an upgrade at catcher with one of the many available. Next, Lastly is just the biggest takeaway. What did we learn? What was the biggest takeaway? The biggest takeaway is they need someone. They need a new trainer, new training staff. Or something to help to get these guys healthy. Severino, Paxton were working through injuries and into the season. Stanton and Judge both were up and down. We'll need rehab to help them to last 162 games. They couldn't even last 60. They need to keep the rest of this team healthy as well as they need those young guys. Maybe it's the Yankee Stadium. Maybe it's that short porch. Guys swinging for the fences because they can hit over that fence every time. There's some philosophy. Uh, Aaron Boone is expected to be retained for the Yankees. But, man, I, I really think the Yankees just barely fell short. If a couple more games had gone their way, didn't have as many injuries, we very well could be talking about the Yankees right now being in the World Series. That was my pick at the beginning of the season, which the Yankees-Dodgers World Series. But that didn't happen. So that's the end of the podcast today, guys. I really appreciate you guys listening. I am so grateful that you guys listen. You guys take the time, the 20, 
25, 30 minutes out of your day to listen to my opinions, to my awful transitions, to my my pauses, my awkwardness. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I appreciate it. More than you guys know, we are streaming on six different platforms. Yes, six platforms. We, we stream on uh, Anchor. We stream on Spotify. We stream on Google Podcast. Three more. I think it's seven now. I got to check that, but I'm pretty sure I'm on seven now. So please share it. Whatever platform you listen to your podcast on, I'm most likely on there. Um, you can Google it. I pop up as one of the top pages on Google. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on all social medias all the time. I have the forums page. You know, guys, I I really try to be as social with you guys as possible. So come on over. Come spend some time with me. Let's have some fun. Let's talk baseball. Let's talk 2021 baseball. Let's make some wild, crazy predictions for the 2020 offseason this winter, the winter meetings. Let's have fun. Let's let's really get to know each other. I have a section on there. You can ask me anything. I will answer as long as it's within reason. Other than that, guys, again, thank you so much for listening. I am so grateful for you taking your time listening, listening till the end. Please share the blog, share the page, share it with a friend, share the podcast. I really do appreciate you. Much love blessing good vibes